Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, animal people, and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and as promised, Susan Davis is returning to our program this morning to talk about pet nutrition. And with all the obese pets I've seen lately, I don't think you can say enough about how important this topic is. Then later, it's Marianne Dell with her famous children's book reviews. Now, if you're not familiar with this special segment, Marianne finds children's books about animals that are charming and educational and fun for the whole family. It's going to be a wonderful and informative show, so get comfy, call your pets over to you, and we'll get started right after the short break on KGIL Retro 1260 and 540. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on Retro 1260 and 540. I'm Marie Hewlett, and I'm happy to welcome back Susan Davis. Hi there. Thanks for being with us today. Hello. Again. Thank you for having us. I'm so happy you were able to come back because I know you're a pet nutritionist, and you have some great information on how we can help keep our pets healthy through a good diet. Absolutely. We are what we eat, and just as we are what we eat, so are our pets. I think people forget that. I mean... Everybody's conscious about uh, eating healthy themselves, but it doesn't somehow filter through to our pet's diet, and there's so much junk food out there Mm -hmm. for animals. It's really important to look at the labels of what you're feeding your pet, and there are many ailments that pets suffer with that can be resolved by changing their diet. Uh, For example, with this hot weather we're having, many pets are scratching and itching, and people assume that it's 100% either fleas or seasonal allergies. Mm -hmm. But allergies are cumulative, and a lot of the reason why they're scratching and itching is because of the food that they've been eating they're allergic to, and it just happens to show up more during that time period. Are food allergies really common in animals? Very common in both cats and dogs. And, for example, with cats, many cats are allergic to chicken, and some cats are allergic to fish. And people don't realize that. And one manifestation of food allergies is that pets can have inflammatory bowel disease. Mm -hmm. And cats can have chronic diarrhea, vomiting all their lives. And it's just a matter of finding the right food. Oh, wow. So what would be a good diet then for for cats who are suffering from that? Well, one thing to think about when you're buying pet food is to look at some of the first ingredients and even prescription diets that you might be looking at. You want to try to find a diet that has 
the right ingredients for your pet. And so, uh, for example, you want to avoid products that have corn and wheat and grains in them because many pets have allergies to that, both cats and dogs. I always wondered why pet food even has corn and wheat and grain because... You just would never see a cat or a dog in the wild, you know, munching on corn. <laughs> That's right. So what what was the thought behind that? Well, the thought behind it is, you know, we're a society of convenience. Mm-hmm. And uh, probably 100 years ago, our pets ate better than they do now because they were out in the wild or eating just table scraps. And people tend to think that people food is bad for pets, Mm -hmm. but there's good people food and there's bad people food. And I'd like to make a distinction, if I may. Good people food that's good for us to eat is often very good for our pets. For example, vegetables are very healthy for both cats and dogs. Um, Some pets may be hesitant to eat them because they've never had them before, but I have many clients who come to see me for consultation, and I'll recommend that they give their dog, for example, some green beans, steamed green beans or Mm -hmm. steamed zucchini, and they look at me shocked, and then they give it to their dog, and the next thing is we're getting a phone call saying, he ate it, he ate it. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's really interesting. So let's say somebody didn't want to even give their pet store-bought or prescription diet food. Is there a recommended recipe that that dogs and cats can eat or something that you can tell our listeners about if they wanted to cook and prepare meals for their pets? Sure. Homemade diets can be very, very helpful, but it depends on the pet and their age, their health conditions, medical history. And so I always recommend if you do a homemade diet that you should not just take something off the internet or, you know, recipe books, I would recommend scheduling a consultation with a veterinary professional. And there are a variety of services available. My company, Ask Ariel, it's A-S-K-A-R-I-E-L.com, offers consultations on developing a personalized diet for your pet. But there are others available. And the reason is you want to make sure they're balanced. Many times people try to come up with their own diets, and they're oftentimes giving way too much protein or mm-hmm. fat in the diet, and the pets are getting sick. Oh. They can actually get worse on a homemade diet if you're not doing it properly. But homemade diets are terrific, especially if you have pets that have special needs. For example, um, a pet with a liver condition or a kidney problem mm-hmm. often needs a homemade diet because they, they won't eat commercial food anymore. They get very, very picky. And so you have to try to design something for them that they'll eat that they um, will want to eat, but that also meets their needs. And what generally would be used in a diet for a pet with a kidney problem? Well, if it were a dog, uh, we use a lot of carbohydrates, such as potatoes and green vegetables, and then we might use some chicken or beef, um, venison. And, of course, you cook it. Right, you cook it. You you would never well, give anything raw, is that true? No, I completely support using raw food diets. Okay. I'm a big proponent of raw food diets, but a lot of times when pets, are um, have kidney or liver disease, they, they have inappetence, they're not very hungry, and so a lot of times cooking it, the smell of the food makes it more appetizing. Okay. But for healthy young dogs and dogs that are attracted to the raw food, I'm a big proponent of raw food diet. Okay, okay. So we don't have to worry about, um, with people, of course, you have to cook meat thoroughly or you're subject mm-hmm. to various diseases. 
That's not the case with dogs and cats? It's very different for animals. They have a different digestive tract. Okay. And animals do extremely well. In fact, many dogs that have allergies do phenomenally well with raw food diets. Now, when I say a raw food diet, I'm talking about commercially prepared raw food diets such as a Nature's Variety or Primal or Stella and Chewy's, not a diet that you're taking chicken out of the freezer and throwing it down on the floor. And the reason is that it needs to be balanced. There's vegetables included, fish oil, ground bone. It's a complete diet. Tell me a little bit about fish oil. We were talking earlier about that and how that helps with shedding. Great question. Many people have dogs and cats that are shedding or scratching and itching and have a lot of inflammation. And fish oil is one of nature's um, perfect foods. It helps with their joints. It helps with their coat. makes their coats very, very lustrous. And you need to be careful with fish oil that it's a high-quality brand and that it has been purified for heavy metals. Oh, okay. uh, So you need to be careful with that. But, um, for example, on my website, AskAriel.com, I have m- many choices of fish oil that you can try, and it really helps. Most pets like the taste, and you just put it in their food. Oh, now you brought Blue back again today, and Blue has a beautiful coat. Thank you. And even even he sheds a little bit, but mm-hmm. it seems like it's really under control. Yes, it helps. The fish oil helps with the shedding, and it also helps pets have a very glistening coat, lustrous oh, yes. coat. He looks like he could be in a shampoo commercial. Like <laughs> <TV>. <laughs> Thank you. Now, I wanted to ask you also... Um, seems like a lot of male cats in particular uh, develop urinary blockages, and I've heard that that's related to the food that they're Mm -hmm. eating. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Great question, Marie. One of the things that can cause blockages is when pets are eating just kibble, the dry food. Many people, again, we're back to the convenience versus what's good for the pet. Cats, as they age, especially need a high-moisture diet. And so it's really important to try to give them some raw food or canned food, not just the dry food. And just putting water out with the dry food is not enough. They really need that high moisture. In addition, they may have food allergies. We're tying back to the allergies again. And so whenever somebody comes to me and their cat's been having urinary blockages, of course we want you to go to the veterinarian and, and get whatever your veterinarian prescribes. But in addition, we do a protocol of avoiding chicken or fish uh, because it can be an allergen, and we use foods like rabbit and venison for cats, and they do really well on that diet. Okay. Now, I've heard also that there's a, a problem with the ash content in foods. Do you know anything about that? What kind of a problem? Well, that that potentially it's the ash in some of these processed foods that's contributing to the urinary issues. Well, one of the other issues that can contribute to the urinary tract infections is the high carbohydrates. Okay. And so what I've seen is a lot of pets having yeast, and uh, when female dogs especially are getting diets that are very high in carbohydrates, then they do have a tendency to get uh, urinary tract infections. That's really, really common, and many, many commercial diets are small part meat or fish, and protein, very high carbohydrate. So, for example, it's not uncommon to see a lot of the names that you've heard of 
with 24% protein, you know, for a young pet that's too low percentage of protein. So younger animals need to have a lot more protein than older animals. Mm -hmm. And protein becomes an issue for older animals because of um, less kidney function ability. Is that correct? It's not a problem per se, but what is a problem is when uh, the pet it has kidney issues and you want to be cautious with using okay. the protein. Okay. So you just kind of play it by ear, make sure you get your pet its uh, regular checkups with the vet and all that good stuff to keep it healthy all along the way. And do you work with a veterinarian? Yes, I work with Dr. David Gordon at VCA Arroyo Animal Hospital. Okay. And we are doing a fundraiser for Aerial Rescue, uh, the charity that we discussed that helps save the dogs from the shelters. We talked about Aerial Rescue last Sunday. Yes, we did. A wonderful organization. And we're going to be doing a fundraiser on Saturday, September 26th from 10 to 11.30 at VCA Arroyo, and we're going to be doing a a seminar on natural cures for pets, and we're going to be talking about nutrition and and going into detail about some of these health conditions that we've discussed, as well as acupuncture and chiropractic. And you can find out more by going to askariel.com. It's A-S-K-A-R-I-E-L.com. Wonderful. I, I want to definitely ask you about pet obesity. Yes. I am seeing fat little doggies and cats everywhere I go. In fact, um, at the Irvine Animal Shelter where I uh, produce a little pet adoption show for them, almost every cat I see in there looks like a pillow with legs. Mm-hmm. And the dogs, too. I, I just can't believe how many obese pets they're getting these days. What's going on? About 60% of pets are obese today, and one, there's a couple of issues. One is they're not getting enough exercise. Just sticking your dog in the backyard is not an answer. You need to walk your dog, and it's good for you, and it's good for your pet. Also, the diets tend to be high in carbohydrates, what we talked about, mm-hmm. and the pets are always begging because they're not getting enough protein. And so, in addition, you want to fill your pet up with things like vegetables. You can even use canned pumpkin to give them lots of good canned vitamins. Canned pumpkin. Canned pumpkin. Wow. Um, rather than giving them lots of treats. But the main thing I would say is, is have the whole family set aside the designated number of treats for the day and give the pet that many treats and that's it. You know, I think that's really hard for a lot of people because there'll be one person in the family who thinks they're the one who's taking care of feeding and giving the snacks. And then somebody else might say, oh, you look like a hungry little boy today, you know, and add a little bit more to the pile. And and pretty soon you've got four or five people in the family who are feeding a pet, not really knowing how much that pet has already eaten. And, of course, you know, you've got the uh, sweet little dog looking up at you with its big eyes saying, feed me, please. It's so hard to resist. Well, what you need to do is have healthy treats like baby carrots, a slice of apple, um, even a little piece of like venison jerky so that you have that instead of some of these big dog biscuits um, are very, very fattening. Just junk food. Mm -hmm. Junk food for pets. (laughs) Susan, I want to thank you so much for enlightening us on this very important topic. I hope the listeners are going to be taking it all to heart. I do, too. (laughs) Good nutrition is for everyone, not just uh, people. So this was a great conversation. Thank you so much.
It's time for our halftime break, but Marianne Dill's famous book reviews are up next, so stay tuned for more Pet Place Radio here on KGIL Retro 1260 and 540. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show with Marianne Dell, our children's book reviewer. Welcome, Marianne. I'm so glad that you are here, and you've read some really nice books, I hear. Of course. Well, let's get started with My Cat Copies Me. Yes. This is a cute little story. It's by Yoon Duck Kwan, published by Kane Miller Book Publishers. Price is fifteen ninety-five, and for ages 6 to 9. The book is written by a little girl who has a calico cat, and she loves to play with her cat. She's kind of a shy little girl. She keeps to herself, but... She tells her readers, my cat copies me. When I get scared, I hide under my blanket, and my cat hides with me. My cat is my best friend, and I am hers. So I like that. We have a nice little relationship with the girl and her cat. And the really cool thing is, unlike the little girl, this cat is not afraid of cat at all. <laughs> she's pretty brave. Okay. And so the little girl decides that she's going to copy her cat. Oh. And she finds out that I can watch the darkness and not be afraid. And she discovers that, like her cat learns from her, she can learn from her cat. And from copying her brave cat, she gets, she gains some strength and some courage. Oh, that's so, so nice. Yeah. So it's a nice little lesson in how not just, you know, if you're a parent reading this to your child or with your child, the lesson can go beyond what we can learn from our animals and just what we can learn from emulating all other beings who we like and whose attributes we think are good ones. If we find someone who's really friendly and we're a little unsure about making new friends, maybe we can learn from that person. Yeah, and we can act like dogs when they meet other dogs. That's right. <laughs> well, perhaps not entirely, but in some ways. <laughs> yeah, we won't go there. <laughs> exactly. Okay, and on that note, yes. let's move right along. All right, well, our next book is Cherry and Olive by Benjamin Lacombe by Walker and Company, 1695 for ages 8 to 12. I love this book. It's one of those books that is beautifully illustrated, and the illustrations really just fit with this story. You look at this little girl, and you can feel her loneliness. She's a... Just like the girl in My Cat Copies Me, she's kind of a loner. And Cherry has been left by her mother. Her mother has left her and her dad. Cherry's dad is a worker at an animal shelter. Mm. And Cherry doesn't really have any friends. The kids at school kind of make fun of her. She's alone. And then one day, this wrinkly little sharp hay pup appears at the shelter. (laughs) And she's kind of lonely, too. So she and Cherry become best friends. Cherry names the dog Olive, and she begs her dad to let her take Olive home and keep her. And her dad says, well, I'll tell you what, if Olive's family doesn't come from her in one month, you can take her home, and she can be yours, but we have to give them a month. Isn't that a nice shelter? I was going to say, where's that shelter at? (laughs) I don't know, but I want to go there. (laughs) And so... Cherry just falls more and more in love with Olive, and whenever people come to the shelter, she takes her out on walks so that they don't see her. 
And I'll leave it for readers to find out whether Olive's family shows up. But I will tell you that Terry learned some really nice lessons, just like the little girl in My Cat Copies Me did, about friendship and making friends and what animals can introduce us to in the world if we just follow their lead. What a great story. But you're leaving me hanging. (laughs) (laughs) We got to do that every once in a while, right? Yeah, you do. (laughs) Okay. All right. Next one is another really nice book. This would be a really great gift if anyone has one of those horse-crazy teenage girls or younger, um, or even horse-crazy adults, because yeah. it's it's Heartbeat for Horses by Laura Chester and Donna Damari. The publisher is Willow Creek Press. It's $29.95, and for ages 8 to young adults, but honestly, even adults who have horses or have fond memories of having had horses, I think would like this book. The writers range from E.E. Cummings to Charles Dickens, James Harriet. Um, There's a piece by Theodore Roosevelt. And there's prose and poetry. And it just runs the gamut on people's feelings and experiences with horses. Mm -hmm. Beautiful photographs of people and horses, people on horses. Just a really, really nice compilation. Um, well, my daughter would probably go nuts for that because she really wants a horse. <laughs> Here, here's a horse book. <laughs> <laughs> That's the ticket, yeah. I've actually yep. been trying to encourage her to go to um, this really nice class that our Parks and Recreation Department offers that teaches you how to bathe a horse and brush a horse and, horse and all the basic care and also how to ride. And so it's a, a very cool class to take if you have a kid who's, interested so that they learn what's involved and it's not just a little novelty. Oh, that's excellent, and I love that it's not just let's get on the horses and ride. Mm-hmm. It's because, the whole gamut. Because horses, even more than dogs and cats, require so much care. Well, I think what happens is, you know, the sweet little girls ask mom and dad for a horse, and they get one, and right around they right around the time they discover boys, they decide their horse isn't worth their attention anymore, and and the poor horse just sits in a stall in you know some rental place somewhere, and and then ultimately it gets sold, and who knows where it goes after that. Exactly. So and it's it just like what happens with a lot of dogs and cats. Only sometimes when the kids get older, and as you say, get interested in the opposite sex and or go off to college, mom and dad can keep the dog and the cat a lot mm-hmm, of times. Mm-hmm. But to have the time to take care of a horse and and the money. Horses are not cheap animals no, to care for. No, even if you have them at your home, if you're fortunate to live in an area that allows horses, it's very, very expensive. Yes. So it's something to consider when your little girl says, can I have a horsey? Exactly. <laughs> Lovely thought, but you really, really want to do your homework on this. Very definitely. <laughs> so let's get into your last book, Percy. All right. This one's called, yes, Percy by Valda V. Ipaniques. I'm so sorry if I butchered her name. It's an unusual <laughs> one. Illustrated by Stephen Adams. Published by Author House. Comes in hardcover for $14.90 and paperback for $9.90. And ages eight on up, um, really even adults could read this book. The reading level is such that higher level young readers, uh, young adults, 
And it's about the author's dog, and it's true story as much as, you know, she knows about her dog written in the dog's voice. And the dog was born into a litter of seven, and when she and her brother could not find anyone to adopt them, or I should say the people who bred their dog couldn't, she wound up, they wound up in a shelter where Percy lived for two years before she finally found a home, a loving final home with the author. Um, and as you know, and regular followers of mine know, I'm not a fan of backyard breeding, which no. appears to be how Percy came along. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some nice things about this story, at least the people who bred her mother were responsible enough to find a good shelter to put the pups in. This shelter clearly keeps animals until they find homes, and it's, this is another one that I'd like to find because they not only take care of the animals and name them, they also provide environmental enrichment for them. The dogs get to play in play groups, and they have a play yard that the dogs go out in, and so they aren't just thrown in cages and kept there day in and day out. Mm-hmm. That sounds nice. Yes. Um, but I think the lesson for people to take from this book is this is an unusual situation. I don't think Percy's story is um, representative of that of most of the dogs who end up in shelters or most of the dogs and cats who are bred by people um, who consciously or unconsciously decide to breed their pet animal. Mm-hmm. As you and I know, so many millions of dogs die in shelters every year and so many millions of cats. Right, and which is why the spay and neuter bill that's uh, successfully traveling through the Assembly and the Senate uh, is, is potentially going to get passed this time, so I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Yes, indeed, we all are, because truly we need to, take responsibility for the animals that we bring into our lives and realize that there's just too much death going on and we need to put a halt to it. Absolutely. Well, Marianne, as always, the time flies by during your segment. (laughs) I really enjoy your reviews, and I know the listeners do as well. Great. Well, I enjoy doing them, and I always enjoy talking to you, Marie. Thank you. We need to take our final break now, but don't go away because we'll be right back with the Pet Place News here on Retro 1260 and 540. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewitt, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. The Orange County Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals is having their 12th annual Walk for the Animals. This event will be Sunday, October 4th at 9 a.m. in Huntington Beach Central Park. Snoopy will be the Grand Marshal, along with special guest Tyson the Skating Bulldog. All dogs must be leashed, please, and no puppies under six months. For more information, go to orangecountyspca.org or call 714-374-7738. This is a great event, and it's a beautiful setting, so if you can, I hope you will take part. It's for an organization that works really hard for the animals, so it is very worthwhile. Well, that's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend here on Retro, 1260 and 540. I'm Marie Hewitt. Please stay or new to your pets and have a wonderful day.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.